0: As we continue our look at progressive Christianity, we're going to begin to learn about one extremely foundational piece of the puzzle, the scriptures. Here's Pastor David.
1: Before we go further, I want you to understand something extremely important, extremely important about being a Christ follower. Being a Christian or a Christ follower means we are trying to be like Christ, this is very important. We're trying to be like Christ. You're not trying to be like me. You know that. You're not trying to be like Billy Graham. You're not trying to be like, you're trying to be like Jesus. And to the extent that me or Billy Graham or you or you are being like Jesus, and of course, we do want to be like that person. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But we're trying to be like Jesus. Jesus. That's what we are. Jesus says this, John 8, 31 through 32. By the way, there's Bibles in those rows in front of you. If you don't have a Bible at home, take one home. It's our gift to you. No charge. Just read it. It's good for you. All right. John 8, 31, 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, do what I say. Live like me. Then you're my disciples. Who's his disciples? Those who abide in his word. If you don't abide in his word, the implication is you're not his disciple. Luke 9, through 24. Saying the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, will save it, I'm sorry. We are supposed to be Jesus' followers, his disciples. It means we want to be like him. It means we're willing to die. It means we're not just willing to die, we're gonna live a life of death to ourselves and life to him all the time. We're gonna believe what he believes. Jesus is the truth. This is what he says in John 14:6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can you imagine somebody saying something like that today? You would have to go somewhere where there were a lot of drugs or a lot of people who have some real issues to hear somebody say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If your neighbor said that to you right now, you'd be like, you would not believe it, right? This is one of those things about Jesus that that just trips me out. The people who want to act like Jesus, and this is a problem with progressive Christianity, Like Jesus could have believed he was anyone but God. Now, oh, Jesus didn't think he was God. Jesus didn't want people to worship him. What are you talking about? The Bible is a book for people who want to take things seriously. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You have to deal with that. Call him crazy if you want. Say he's lying about it if you want. Or fall on your face and call him Lord. That's it. Those are your options. He doesn't leave any others. He's the truth. Now, here's the thing about Jesus. We want to be like him. In order to hold the truth, you often have to stand against people's beliefs on multiple sides of an issue. You have to kind of take the unpopular place where you're not making anybody happy. Uh, you can probably think of many issues where there are extreme views on at least two sides, if not multiple sides. People are all the way over here. People are all the way over there. They're there, they're there, Whatever. But you, you realize if you just kind of look at it from the outside that the truth isn't any of those extreme things, right? And you have to hold the one that's unpopular or you don't get to join the group that's going rah, rah, right? That's the, that's the thing that Jesus did. For instance, there were two groups in the first century walking around while Jesus was uh, doing his ministry in the first century uh, Israel. They were called the Pharisees and the Sadducees, okay? Pharisees and Sadducees, these groups were very different. The Pharisees, they took the Bible and they saw there were some rules there. And so what they did is they took those rules and they thought, you know, we should probably get some rules about these rules. And some other ones were like, you know what? We should probably have some rules about those rules that are about those rules. And so they got to this point of kind of extreme legalism. Okay, it was all about the rules. They were kind of popular with the folks. They were kind of the everyman type guy, and then there were the Sadducees, elites, wealthy, they were actually pretty conservative about the scriptures, they actually only believed really in the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, those books they believed in, really the rest of the Bible they're kind of like, eh, so there were all kinds of things they didn't believe in that the Pharisees did believe in, and they had all, they just were totally different, okay, they had, they had these, while they agreed on some things, they disagreed on so many, but one thing they definitely agreed on, they did not like Jesus, okay, They agreed that they did not like Jesus because Jesus consistently represented the truth of the scriptures. And this was aggravating to both groups because both of them had twisted what the scriptures were to suit their own desires, to suit the lifestyles they built, to suit the power structures that they had. They had twisted the scriptures. So Jesus coming out and being like, no, boom, this is what it says. This is what it means. And he had authority. And the people looked at him like, he speaks with authority, not like these people. And they didn't like it at all. He had to stand for the truth when the truth was unpopular. How unpopular was it? They killed him. Jesus was holding the truth in such a way that the people wanted to kill him because he wouldn't come to their side, whether it was come over and say the Pharisees are the best or come over and say the Sadducees are the best or come and get the Romans and get them out or whatever they wanted them to do. He was like, no, I'm here to do what the scriptures say because that's why I'm here and they're about me. And people just didn't like it in the end. His own disciples, no, you can't go die. We have other plans for you. We know how it's supposed to be. Holding the truth is difficult. We have a tendency to want to swing to one side or to the other. Now, here's the problem with swinging. It causes us to often make serious errors in our thinking and therefore in our beliefs. This is essentially what happened with postmodernism, And if you don't understand this, you're gonna have a hard time understanding people and the way they think. What happened with postmodernism is it was a reaction against modernism. What did modernists believe? Modernists from about, let's just say, what you would call the Renaissance that time, okay? So up until mid 20th century, really, modernism was still around. It's still around today some people, but it was really popular then. And what it basically believed is, listen, here's what we've realized. We are really smart. We're so smart and we're gonna figure things out. Like we're we're gonna use reason and science and we're gonna usher in utopia because we can use reason and science and figure all these things out. So they reasoned and they scienced. And by the 20th century, we have two world wars and millions and millions and millions of dead people, and people went, you know what? I don't think you're figuring it out. Made a lot of bombs. Made a lot of dead people. I don't think you have the answers. And so what postmodernism did is they just rejected it. And instead of just rejecting the parts of it that didn't make sense, they swung all the way over to this side. From we can figure everything out, we know everything, to we can't figure anything out, we don't know anything. Okay, Now those are both extreme positions, but that is the nature of how people do things. They tend to swing from side to side you ever seen a grandfather clock I don't know how many of you have had one of those growing up or have one in your house they have this at the bottom thing that swings right the pendulum the pendulum swings now what it doesn't do is it doesn't go from here to there it goes from here to there right if you're listening on the thing I'm going from one side to the other with my hands so I know some people just listen it always swings to the other side because that's just physics right if there's enough weight and so on, a momentum, once it's here, it's not gonna stop in the middle. It's gonna go all the way to the other side. And sometimes our thinking operates like that. Sometimes it does. We find ourselves believing things, not because they're true, but because they are the opposite of what the people we disagree with believe. It happens. They, they're on that side, I'm on this side. We tend to swing to the opposite Side of what the people who we disagree with on other things believe. That's the problem when you see, if you know somebody or you're watching somebody go through the deconstruction process with their faith, that's the problem you're gonna see them run into is that instead of seeing some issues and wanting to address those issues, they see those issues and they swing all the way out here, all the way out here to the other side. They may start by recognizing some things in maybe the church they go to Or some people they know, maybe they see some hypocrisy, some bad behavior, some things that aren't consistent with scripture. Maybe somebody won't answer a question, whatever. And instead of dealing with that issue, they end up throwing out the baby with the bathwater. The whole thing goes, right? They may have been hurt by somebody. That happens. Someone calls themselves a Christian and they hurt somebody. Whatever it is, they go down the road of deconstruction and instead of, instead of being able to isolate and swing that pendulum where it needs to go, they just let it go. And at the end of the day, they've thrown away their faith and everything important about what it means. They end up somewhere in this range, okay? So there's this range of folks when you get to the deconstruction type thing. I suppose there's some that deconstruct and actually reconstruct back to faith. I think that does happen. But a lot of people end up in the spectrum and on one side of the spectrum, is progressive or liberal Christianity. And the other side of the spectrum is atheism and agnosticism, okay? And so they end up somewhere in here. Progressive, liberal Christianity, basically you start to reject a lot of things about Christianity that are true. And of course, atheism, agnosticism, you just reject it all. And they end up somewhere in the spectrum. Oftentimes they end up here and then eventually they end up here. They find there's nothing, once you get to progressive Christianity, you realize there's really not much left to it. Why not swing all the way over here? Then I don't have to feel bad about anything. So that's where people end up. That's the problem with pendulum swings. They rarely lead you to truth. They rarely lead you to truth. Jesus was able to live the truth and be the truth, even when lots of people wanted him to take a side. We have to do the same. We have to encourage other people to do the same. We have to follow Jesus in doing the hard thing. The hard thing... You want to live an adventurous life, you want to live a hard life, let me just tell you this. Do the hard thing. This is the hard thing. Standing for truth against every idea that is false, whether you like it or not. You know that there are false ideas that you like? Think about it. There are false ideas that you like. Every single sin that you ever want to commit, you don't commit it because you're like, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be terrible. But I'll do it because I feel like sinning today. That's not how that works. You like the idea. There are ideas that you like that are wrong. You have to do the hard thing and stand against every idea that is false, whether you like it or not. That's a hard thing. A real man, a real woman of God is able to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit because you aren't going to do it yourself. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Why do you have to bring your thoughts into captivity? Because some of them are bad. Some of them are wrong. Some of them are false. We bring them into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's the hard life. That's the adventurous life. I'll be your partner on it. A lot of people in this room will be your partner on it. But it is a hard thing. And it is being like Jesus. If you've been hurt, and I feel for those who've been hurt, you've been hurt in church, but you need to understand that the fact that you got hurt does not make everything about Christianity false. Because there are hypocrites, actually, that's what makes Christianity true. It was very clear that there would be. We need to understand not only the half-truths that people have come to believe, but you need to also understand the reasons why they've come to believe them. Let's put people there. Because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm teaching about things like progressive Christianity and some other things in this series, not to show that we are intellectually superior to everybody else. Of course, I believe that what we believe is true as believers. I wouldn't believe it if I didn't believe it was true. That would be silly. But I'm doing this so that we can minister and serve people. In order to do that, you have to understand where they're coming from. Now, deconstruction begins by rejecting authority and sources of authority. I'm guessing that many people start by rejecting the Scriptures. I think that's where a lot of folks begin. They reject the Scriptures. In our last study, I explained that there are a number of things we believe as Christ followers that progressive or liberal Christians usually do not believe. Today, we're gonna hit number one. The first one was this. Christians believe that the scriptures are God's word, inspired by God, and the scriptures are to be followed. That's what we believe as Christians. Simple. Progressive Christians do not believe that. Let me tell you a couple things, though. Jesus endorsed and fulfilled the scriptures, and Christ's followers have been living by the scriptures for 2,000 years, okay? First thing. Why do we do it? What did we say earlier? We wanna be like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He endorsed the scriptures. He fulfilled the scriptures. We wanna follow him? We gotta do that. That's why Christians have been believing the scriptures for 2,000 years. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. It's teaching, okay? For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The scriptures show us who we are, who God is, and what our lives should look like as Christ followers. It's what they are. Scriptures tell us why we need Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. They tell us about Jesus' resurrection, that he rose from the dead on the third day. They tell us to love God. They tell us to love and serve God and neighbor. All those things. The scriptures are the word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit and true. It's fundamental It's fundamental. If the Scriptures are not your authority, you have gone far from what it means to be a Christ follower. Progressive or liberal Christians may very well tell you they love the Scriptures. They often will say that. I love the Scriptures. We love them just like you love them. Here's the problem. They do not love them just like we love them. We love them because we believe they're inspired by the Holy Spirit and they're binding on us. We love them for that reason. We believe that we must be obedient to the scriptures, that in them there's life. And we believe that all that they say is true. Progressive or liberal Christians do not believe that. They reject the scriptures wherever the scriptures differ with their idea of who they think God should be or what a particular part of scripture should be. They reject the scriptures wherever they command us to live in a way that they consider to be out of date you know a lot of ways of living have become out of date over time but truth is truth and will always be truth progressive or liberal christians tend to go with sort of the spirit of the age so if it's okay to do this in the culture then where the scripture says it's not the scripture is wrong they reject it they reject that the scriptures are the very word of god they just reject that this is why i do not believe that progressive christianity or liberal christianity are in any real sense Christianity. And my reason for that is because being a Christ follower has to mean something. It has to mean something. And one of the things it certainly means is that what we believe about the scriptures is the same thing as what Jesus Christ believed about the scriptures. If we don't believe the same thing about the scriptures as Jesus Christ believed about the scriptures, we are not following Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are not followers of Christ. Therefore, we're not Christians. So, This is pretty simple. He believed they were true. So do we. If you do not believe that, you may be something, but you should not consider yourself a follower of Jesus if you reject the scriptures. There was an interesting interview in Portland Monthly some time ago with uh, Christopher Hitchens, the Hitch. It's called the Hitchens Transcript. And Mr. Hitchens has passed on now. He was a very staunch, very famous atheist. He was pretty amusing to be honest with you. He would debate Christians and, and he was more, much more better at kind of ridicule than argument, but he was kind of funny um, and he was an interesting guy, very famous and very popular among atheists. He's one of the, I believe they call him the four horsemen of the new atheists, along with this number of other guys um, passed on a few years ago. But a, a woman named Marilyn Sewell interviewed Christopher Hitchens. She was a Unitarian Universalist minister and she called herself a liberal Christian this is what she said about the Bible. She says, I take it very seriously. I have my grandmother's Bible and I still read it, but I don't take it as literal truth. I take it as metaphorical truth. The stories, the narrative are what's important. So in other words, she doesn't take it seriously. She doesn't take it seriously, at least not in the way we take it seriously as the Holy Spirit inspired word of God. That's what we believe the Bible is. In any case, she asked Mr. Hitchens this question, okay? This is what she says. The religion you cite in your book, he had written a book about about religion, saying it was bad, okay? The religion you cite in your book is generally the fundamentalist faith of various kinds. I'm a liberal Christian, and I don't take the stories from the scripture literally. I don't believe in the doctrine of atonement, that Jesus died for our sins, for example. Do you make a distinction between fundamentalist faith and liberal religion? This is what Hitchens, the atheist, says. I would say that if you don't believe that Jesus of Nazareth was the Christ and Messiah, and that he rose again from the dead, and by his sacrifice our sins are forgiven, you're really not, in any meaningful sense, a Christian. Christopher Hitchens, a seriously devout atheist, could see what Miss Sewell could not see. If you don't believe in the Bible, the scriptures, you're not, as he says, in any meaningful sense, a Christian. Even he could see that. Hitchin goes on to say this in a different part of the interview. Paul says very clearly that if it is not true that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, then we the Christians are of all people the most unhappy. That's just a kind of a paraphrase of what Paul said. He says, if none of that's true and you seem to say it isn't, he's saying to this liberal Christian, I have no quarrel with you. If all Christians were like you, I wouldn't have to write the book. That's a burn, man. I'm telling you, this guy was... This guy was... He was wrong about a lot of things, but not about this. He's basically saying this. It's so sobering. If Christianity is what you're practicing, why would I even need to talk about atheism? Because it's basically what you're already doing. He thinks that Ms. Sewell's form of liberal Christianity is so tame that he would not need to write a book on atheism to deal with it. Because when the authority of scriptures is thrown out, this is so important. When you throw out the authority of the Scriptures, there is nothing of any significance left in Christianity.
0: That was pretty amazing. And you want to be sure and join us next time as Pastor David continues this look at the Scriptures. Until then, if you have any questions or comments about today's study, or you'd like to know more about the Bible, please give us a call, 360 885 9000. Or send us an email, use info at axechurchnw.org. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you'll be right here next time for more with Pastor David Robinson. Here on Contemplate.